From the heart of Room Terror, this is League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Hey guys, welcome to the most recent episode of League of Legends Radio. I'm your ever-present host, Ponderous Sea Lion, and I would like to thank you for downloading this episode. We got an insane amount of support for our last episode with Lily Pichu. Thank you to all of her fans and everyone else who downloaded that episode. We actually peaked at number three in all of video games on Podomatic.com, and that was insane. So thank you guys so much for all the support we got for that. We've got another great interview for you this week with Jeremy's Gaming Curios. We'll be talking with him about, you know, recent gameplay updates, recent, uh, some of the balance decisions and changes that have happened, and of course about his channel. So stick around, we've got a great episode for you of League of Legends Radio. You're listening to League of Legends Radio. Hey, we're here with Jeremy's Gaming Curios. Uh, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Hey, yeah, thanks thanks for coming on the show. Um, so, uh, just tell us a little bit about your channel, what you do. So, my name is Jeremy Gaming Curios. I'm a full-time YouTube content creator. I make lots of guides and commentaries and stuff over at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash gamingcurios, as well as I do some things like coaching streams on my Twitch. And overall, I just have a really good time making content for you guys to the best of my ability. And it is my full-time job right now, so I'm doing reasonably well, I guess you could say. And I'm pretty happy with my life so far. Out of all that content you make, which uh, what do you like doing the most, or what do you like uh, creating the most, I guess? Probably my favorite kinds of videos to make are sort of like this discussion kind of thing where I'll analyze like some concepts or design decisions that Riot has made in their, you know, their balance changes. Like one of the more recent videos I made was talking about how Riot's trying to make everything into a skill shot with the new changes to Rise on the PB, or I guess now it's actually live on patch 5.8. And those are probably my favorite videos to make since I think they're really interesting and they cover pretty interesting topics, so I like those videos a lot. Right, and uh, out of everything in the most recent patch, patch 5.8, did you notice anything really interesting or anything that you maybe want to talk about? Yeah, sure. Um, The new Black Cleaver, I think, is pretty overpowered, and... I'm not too sure how well it's going to fit into the meta, but I think the item in itself is really, really strong and should be a pretty nice boost for, like, Bruiser Assassins, kind of like Talon, Riven, who can benefit from building Black Cleaver. And the fact that it gives 20% cooldown reduction is kind of ridiculous now, as well as the movement speed is going to help out a lot of champions. And you might actually see a lot of champions that are kind of underplayed, like Wukong, Xin Zhao, come to light just because of that soul item. Like, I think the item is actually that good. Like, it could potentially bring some underplayed champions to the competitive spotlight. As well as, of course, the we saw the Rise rework. I kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I think it's pretty strong. I didn't play it too much on PBE, but when I did, it actually had a lot of bugs. Those bugs are fixed, and if they are fixed, I think Rise could potentially be one of the strongest champions in the game. Since his raw damage output is ridiculously high with his kit that he has right now. His laning phase is kind of difficult because he can't farm so well since his Q is now a skill shot, but his new passive that gives him a shield is really powerful, and his overall just raw DPS is just insane. And so those are the two major things from this patch, I think, that we can look out for. 
that I noticed at least. Right, and the the new Black Cleaver gives, I believe, 30% at six stacks. It gives 30% armor penetration. That's correct, right? Shreds armor by 30%, but it stacks to seven now, I think, so it's 35%. Wow, that, yeah, that is really good. Do you see that impacting the tank meta at all? Um, Probably not, because, I mean, the item's really good, but the tank items are still really powerful, and the tank meta exists... Kind of for like other reasons, like more because tanks are, have found a really, really solid fit into the meta, and the Cinder Hulk item path gives them a really strong early game, which was kind of their problem before tanks had a really, really weak early game. But with the Cinder Hulk change, of course, their early game got a lot stronger. And so Black Cleaver, I think, will be a really good item to fit in the meta, and I think it will do a good job of countering tanks, but I don't think it's going to who do anything to hurt the tank man. I think the tank man will still stay, especially since Black Cleaver is kind of a tank item almost now, since they increased the health on it by a reasonable amount. And I think it's really it's just going to bring up a couple of like bruisery champions that were kind of underplayed in favor of other bruisers who would tend to build a lot tankier rather than kind of this damage output. But now Black Cleaver, since it gives a lot of health as well, it's like a really solid option, and I think it's strong enough to bring some champions to the spotlight. And so do you see that as being, you know, for those champions like Wukong who maybe just want to build almost full tank, but with maybe a damage item or two thrown in, You do you really see it bringing them back into the spotlight at all? Yeah, I really do, because a lot of those champions that I talked about, like Wukong, Xin Zhao, were the ones I brushed over. Like, if you look at their kits, like, Wukong's ultimate is just so fantastic for team fighting and carrying games. And the same goes for Xin Zhao. He's got a lot of CC in his kit. He's got some great gap closers, as well as some slows, and a pretty solid ultimate, too. So these are champions that have kits that are strong enough to be competitive. They have good crowd control, good gap closers, strong utility, you know, decent survivability as well in, like, things like Sustain and Wukong's Decoy. But they kind of lack problems in the fact that they didn't really have solid itemization since you would want to build that damage item, but sometimes building the damage item would end up being really, really bad. And sometimes you would end up building full tank and you would really desperately need a damage item. And so I think Black Cleaver really fixes that main problem that they had and should hopefully help out those champions quite a bit. This is just something I've always kind of wondered and I think I would like to brush over it with you know the recent rise changes if you're calling him one of the strongest top laners and... Uh... You're mentioning the Black Cleaver being an insanely strong item. Uh, do you think that Riot intentionally releases things in a very powerful state? I mean, the only really recent uh, uh, exception I can think of is Bard being released at a pretty weak state. But just in general, do you see Riot releasing things like this in an overpowered state uh, for whatever reason? No, I don't think they do it on purpose. I think Black Cleaver's not really a good example because I think Black Cleaver's kind of supposed to be overpowered in the sense that it's really strong at countering tanks and the fact that we have such a prominent tank meta means that this item is going to be powerful like no matter what as long as it's a re reasonably strong item, which with these changes it now is. And with the rise change, I think it's a little bit weird and I think Riot tends to value the utility of things like skill shots and targeted abilities a little bit too highly, which is, it's not unreasonable. I think it's actually potentially could be a decent change. And I mean, I only really played Rise a couple games on the PBE and the PBE is not the best judge of how good something is because there's a really big skill disparity 
in the queues that you play on that on that server. So it's kind of hard to judge like how good something actually is because like I don't really know if I won that fight because Rise is OP or because you know I'm just better than the other team. Like it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. I mean, from my experience, I think he's pretty good, but it's hard to know for sure. And once he gets released, we'll have to see. And the thing is, I talked about the bugs, and Riot has a pretty big history of not fixing bugs that are on the PBE. So if the Rise <laughs> bugs are not really fixed, he's going to like, he's probably going to be like pretty bad, actually. The bugs were like really significant, from my experience at least. <laughs> Azir. <laughs> yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What was the bug that shut him down when they first released him? Something about him reacting with towers? Anyways. Um, yeah, I really, I just feel like in a lot of the recent champion releases, like you remember release Rek'Sai, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Release Braum, Just stuff like that. And it seems like they always get released in a very powerful state. And I'm, I've just always, you know, kind of found that interesting. I don't know if they're doing it on yeah, like you said, I don't think they're necessarily doing it on purpose or if it's just because, you know, the PBE is not the most reliable thing to do because I know my friends, a lot of them who have PBE accounts just go on there because they get free skins and stuff. So I don't know how, how, no, I mean, I think I play on the PBE like a lot. Like I play on the PBE quite a bit because I make a lot of videos surrounding the content on that I can get from that server. And in my experience Riot has tended to release champions in, in an extremely overpowered state or in an extremely underpowered state. The champions are always like kind of imbalanced, whether it's on the overpowered end or on the underpowered end. And I honestly do think that that's a big factor of the PvE testing being so unreliable because there really is like a really big skill disparity. disparity. Like I play on the PvE and I play like a normal game and I queue up and you know I'm like a plat diamond level player and I can play against people who are bronze, and I just totally stomp them, even if I'm playing, like, the worst champion in the history of League of Legends, just because, the, like, the player's skill matters so much, and the PB doesn't really have a good way to do that, and because, like, the League of Legends, you know, matchmaking cues are based on, you know, hundreds and hundreds of games that you build up over time as you level up and things like that, but on the PB, you kind of just get thrown in there, you got no wins, no losses, and you play against someone else who's got no wins and no losses, and you don't know, like, how good of a player they are, how bad they, of a player they are. And so the PB testing is really unreliable. And I think that's probably a big factor of what contributes to Riot's tendencies to release things in a weird balanced state. But at the same time, I also think that, you know, it's not necessarily that bad that things get released in such a, I guess you could say, volatile state of the balance in terms of how strong the champion is. Because I think it's it kind of leads it like it brings out a lot in the game, honestly, like it brings out a lot of mechanics and designs and decisions that you wouldn't normally see if you just released everything in like an average and at a balanced state. Could you give me an example of uh, what you mean by that? Hold on, let me pull up an example here really quick. Like, um, I think probably the. The best example I can give, Rex, uh, I, I guess Bard's probably a good example, honestly. Yeah, I think Bard's a good example. If we're looking at terms of the extremes of the underpowered and overpowered state, because Bard was released and he had a lot of really interesting mechanics because he's got his tunnel, he's got his, his ultimate that, you know, targets his own allies. And so 
There's all these new, very new mechanics. If you look at the champions that have been released recently, almost every single one of them have some really new, really interesting mechanics that Riot has started to introduce. And it's it's like basically impossible to introduce these kinds of new mechanics to a such a prominent game without, you know, making a mistake and balance here and there. And when you like you can't just release, you know, a champion that does with such a linear kit like they haven't released a champion with a linear kit in such a long time but if you look at some of the older champions like morgana like their kits are so linear and they're just lacking so much game design potential but all these new champions have so like crazy interesting mechanics like bard is such a cool champion like okay he's not that good but he's so cool and he's so interesting and he's really fun to play and i think that's probably the main reason that caused that is riot has started shifting towards Instead of making a champion that's balanced and, you know, well-designed, linear, Morgana, Soraka, those kind of champions, you know, cookie-cutter kind of champions, they started releasing a lot of dynamic, really interesting, um, like, like new, introducing a lot of new mechanics to the game. That wouldn't really be possible if you just wanted to keep the game in a totally balanced state the whole time. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've Since I frequent the boards, I've actually noticed a lot of people, you know, this was especially back probably a couple of patches ago, three or four patches ago, when the, you know, assassin, mobility, all that stuff was very prominent, and people were blaming Riot for, you know, re- releasing these quote-unquote overloaded kits, but you seem to be taking a much different stance on that, so you actually think that it's a good thing that Riot releases these kits who are n- that are new and different and have game mechanics that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I think they focused a lot more on releasing kits that are fun to play rather than kits that are you know well like well balanced and i think that's really important for the game it keeps the game you know fresh and interesting and we've seen so many like the last 20 champions have been some of the coolest champions ever released so like i mean i'm pretty excited with the direction that rides balancing has taken i think it's definitely not perfect and there's a lot of mistakes that they made but at the same time the game is so difficult to balance and looking at all these changes over the you know, past few patches, like, it's, I can, like, really see, it's just, like, balancing League of Legends is so difficult, and Riot honestly does, like, a reasonable job so far, and they've been doing a really good job recently. The last, like, three or four patches were honestly some of the best patches in, in, like, League of Legends history, I think, so overall, I think they've taken a really good step in the right direction very recently, and, like, that's probably the main reason why I'm really happy about it, is because they've been doing pretty well recently. And so, like, I've gotten, like, I've got, like, some faith in their balancing team, I guess you could say. Right. I guess since we're talking about, you know, all these game balancing decisions and whatnot, um, what, since we're, I guess we could call this the tank meta, what is one of your favorite metas to play in, or which meta do you think brings interesting gameplay? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I really have a good answer to that question, because... I don't think the meta really matters that much to me to enjoy the game. Like I kind of, I'll I'll play it like no matter what. I'll enjoy the meta, and I think I would like to see like new metas coming up. Like we've seen tank metas, we've seen assassin metas, we saw an eighty carry meta in season two, we've seen some you know siege, poke mid laner focused metas. I'd like to see some new metas pop up, but I'm not sure how soon that will take because. The thing about the meta shifts like that, it honestly usually takes like some really big changes for the meta to shift so dr- for the meta to shift so drastically that it probably won't shift again for a while. Probably not until season six, I think. 
since it doesn't seem like Ride wants to nerf the tank meta. But yeah, overall, like I don't, I don't really mind too much what the meta is. I kind of just enjoy it no matter what. I know you were mentioning earlier that Riot has been removing a lot of targeted abilities, like just in recent memory, Vigar's Q and Rise's Q, and a good amount of the champions that are new coming out with skill shots. So, what I think that what Riot's trying to do is create a more fun player experience, as they put it, and they don't think that targeted abilities, because you can't really dodge them or do anything about them, they don't like those types of abilities. But uh, what are your thoughts on maybe a balance between targeted abilities and, you know, stuff like Vi's ultimate and um, Nautilus mm-hmm. ultimate that are difficult to dodge? What do you think about, you know, balancing those? Um, how do you think they are as gameplay elements? Uh, so just what are your opinions on on things like that? Yeah, I mean, I've spent, I think I've spent a reasonable amount of, I've spent actually a lot of time thinking about this topic, and I spent a pretty reasonable amount of time discussing this topic, and the conclusion that I came to essentially was that Riot has really shifted their focus towards, in, um, how would you say, promoting healthy gameplay. And healthy gameplay is like a really interesting concept to me that I kind of talked about, but it's, it's, it's somewhat difficult to explain, but it's mostly about like gameplay that doesn't feel like there's nothing you can do. Like gameplay that has counterplay. Like they've been introducing a lot of counterplay, removing abilities that tend to be very difficult to outplay, and overall like increasing the skill required for a lot of abilities as well as like changing the way that a lot of kits work. And the thing about that to understand, though, is that just because something is unhealthy doesn't mean it's overpowered. Like, for example, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is Poppy as a champion who has considered to be extremely unhealthy game design for a very long time. One of the most unhealthy champions in the game that is by no means overpowered at all. In fact, she's, you know, reasonably average. And... The reason for her being unhealthy is because of her ultimate, which is just totally ridiculous and has no counterplay whatsoever. And, like, as the player, you get left feeling like there was nothing you could do. And in reality, there was nothing you can do because, like, the the design of the ultimate is just ridiculous. And so Riot is trying to, you know, shift away from a lot of those things. And to some extent, like, like there's the big examples of Poppy, right, where Poppy is getting a confirmed rework in the future as well as some other champions who who kind of have the similar problem. But there's also, like, the minor example of skill shots. Like, a targeted ability is technically unhealthy because there's no counterplay. Skill shots always have counterplay because you can just dodge it, right? But a targeted ability, there's nothing you can do. So, at the same time, like, sometimes an ability is okay to be targeted. Like, imagine if Vi's ultimate was a skill shot, right? Yeah. And you threw it out, and whoever got hit by the skill shot was then by just ults that target. Like the ability would suck. It'd probably be like the worst ultimate ever. Okay, it wouldn't. It wouldn't like totally suck, but it would be like substantially worse to what it is now. And so there's a lot of like inherent power in like the way a skill is designed, right? Like because a skill is targeted, makes it significantly stronger than if it was a skill shot. And there's a lot of skills like that that aren't just skill shots. You know, there's a lot of, like, utility and crowd control and stuff like that. Like, it's so powerful just because it's, you know, crowd control or just because it's targeted or just because it gives utility. And those actually create quite a bit of problems in game design, I think. 
for the most part, at least on paper. In practice, it's not that big of an issue, I think, because it's it's kind of the case where it's like it's it's a bad thing that everyone has, right? It's it's like it's bad for people to have targeted abilities, but since everyone has a targeted ability, it's not that big of a deal. Or since so many champions have targeted abilities, it's not that big of a deal. But I think there's a lot of problems where a lot of champions' kits that significantly suffered because they had these problems. Like, Rise is a really big example, and I think the fact that they made Rise's Q a skill shot is really big and was a really good change, actually. I really like that change, to be honest, because Rise as a champion was someone that was very... His balance design, before they changed any of his skills, was very focused on numbers. Like, okay, does he do enough damage in the early game? If he does, he's the best top laner in the game. If he's not, he's totally useless. And because of that, like his balance becomes so linear and so focused on numbers. And because of that, like there's not really a way to make him, you know, like average or like just good enough because it's like either he's strong enough or he's not strong enough. There's not really anywhere in between. And with these changes of making like his Q a skill shot, you can add so much more utility and so much, you know, extra power into the ability. Like, they pretty much doubled the damage of his Q just because they make it a skill shot. And it's like his new Q is like not even more powerful than his old Q because it's a skill shot now. And like there's so much you can do in terms of, of like when you when you make a champion's kit sort of say like healthy from an unhealthy state, like you can add so much more power into their kit and so much more like unique gameplay and really cool like I guess you could say um, really cool abilities and stuff like that. I guess one example that comes to mind for me personally is uh, release Darius and how his he was kind of I believe he was overpowered when he was released. You can correct me if yeah, that's not true. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I was still pretty new then, but um, yeah. So with Darius, it was kind of you know the same type of thing. His numbers are too high, so he's completely overbearing in lane, and he's very difficult to deal with. And now you look at Darius, and I mean, sorry to all you Darius mains, but he's probably one of the weakest top laners in the game just because he doesn't have any mobility. He doesn't deal an incredible amount of damage. I mean, compared to other bruisers like, you know, Irelia, I'd say their damage is pretty comparable, but without the utility that she brings. So is it just having these, I guess, nonlinear kits, as you put it, leaves the kit open to do more things because it requires skill to utilize, kind of like Thresh is a pretty good example. Like, you can either do absolutely nothing on Thresh or make the most impact in the entire game. So would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Darius example is that good because I think Darius is actually pretty strong now since he got buffed pretty significantly in uh, 5.6, I think, 5.7 maybe. But anyways, yeah, the thing is that, like, Rise before the change, right? Like, he's just a point-and-click champion, you target your enemies with all your skills, and it's like the most linear kid ever. Like, okay, it's pretty strong, but, like, it's linear. And now he's got so much utility and so much, you know, cool extra features that they added into his kit with his passive. He gets a shield now. You know, his his Q does way more damage. And, like, this, they can add so much power and so much utility and just, like, make the kit so much more dynamic and interesting and fun to play by... All they have to do was make his Q a skill shot, and they can do all these extra things that are like way better for the game just because they take away that inherent power that the ability has from being a targeted ability. So it's almost like um, 
rather than giving it kit inherent power, you want to give it potential power just to um, so that you feel good for using it properly and for you know hitting your skill shots, but you don't have to be a brain dead monkey to point and click and just hit all your abilities. Yeah, it's like it's like you want to put the hands the power in the hands of the players. You know, you don't want to put the the power in the hands of the mechanics because when when you put the power in the hands of the mechanics, it's it's not really like it creates a champion that's that's like it's not super interesting and it's like pretty boring, not very fun to play at all. And like it might be good, but the the utility and the dynamicness and the you know cool fun stuff is not there and when you put the power in the hands of the players, there's so much potential and so many options for you as, you know, a game designer for you to be able to take simply because the power is in the player's hands. Like that simple thing alone gives you so many options. And I really like the changes that Riot have been making so far, at least. Right. And um, I think another one of Riot's game design philosophies is that you want a champion to be typically easy to learn hard to master. I think they've uh, said that on multiple occasions, and I think the best, or one of the best um, examples for that is Master Yi. Like, I probably have uh, 200 or so games on him, and his kit is very linear when you're just looking at it from, you know, an outside perspective. His R makes him run fast, E gives him damage, W makes him tanky briefly, and his Q jumps into the nearest enemy. And But when you just look at the number of things you can do on his kit, like... You know, dodging skill shots with your alpha strike, dodging targeted abilities even, um, using your W to reset your auto attacks, just stuff like that. There's a whole layer of hidden depth, and I guess you uh, really like that Riot is sort of moving in that direction as um, with their de- design philosophies. Yeah, definitely. I think they're taking a lot of kits and making them you know, reasonably more difficult to play, and I think that's actually really healthy for the game, and it's pretty good. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show, Jeremy. We uh, really enjoyed having you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. And that just about wraps up our episode of League of Legends Radio. Thank you again for downloading. And if you're a content creator or an artist or really anyone involved with the community and you'd be interested in showing up on League of Legends Radio, just tweet me at LO Legends Radio on the Twitter, or you can also send me an email at PonderousCLine at gmail.com, and I'd love to work out something with you guys. Again, thank you for downloading this episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, and as always, I'll catch you on the flippity flop. This has been League of Legends Radio. Check one, two. Game day. Game.